Good evening, you guys. Hey, thanks for joining us uh, here at Liberty Lake Church online. It's kind of a weird thing. I, was, I realized the other day that I am actually a, a, a computer evangelist now. <laughs> Who would have thought? Yeah, uh, man, where's our drums? We need that. We were actually uh, joking about maybe getting the laugh track going so that we feel like we're funny yeah. when we say something goofy. But That's about the only way we're getting laughs. <laughs> probably the only way it's going to happen tonight. Um, hey, I want to encourage you guys, if something that happens here with us online, if you guys come and, and find this to be encouraging, uh, uplifting, or something like that, would you do uh, us as a church a favor and share it on your Facebook page, like it, comment it on it? When you guys do that, it actually gets out more. And, and it goes and can help other people. And if God has used this time to encourage you in any way, share that. Share with your friends why this is encouraging. How has this been something uplifting? If it's not encouraging, please email Julie. <laughs> Come on. That was a little funny, you guys. My goodness. Hey, I want to remind you Keep this stretching. coming Sunday... <laughs> Right? This coming Sunday, we're going to be doing communion uh, as a body together. And so please uh, do what you need to do to get the preparations at home if you're going to do it at home. If you want to wait until we are gathered together or in a smaller group, uh, please feel free to do that. Um, and so we want to accommodate and serve you as best we can in that process. If for any reason you have a problem getting the, the resources for that, I really do want to encourage you to email us, call the church office. We will find a way to make sure that you have what you need um, if you want to participate in communion with us. Um, a couple other details. Coffee with Shane. Uh, you guys may not have noticed this, and it doesn't always have to be me. If somebody else wants to do that devotion time, I'm totally okay with turning it over. Um, but right now, uh, at least for this next week, we're going to be backing that down uh, to Mondays and Thursday mornings at 10. So tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock, you can tune into Facebook and catch us there. Um, and then I also want to remind you, Sunday morning, 10 o'clock here on Facebook, YouTube, Vimeo. You can find us on our app. And, and then Travis is doing youth group on Zoom at 5.30 on Sunday nights. And if you're interested in getting a hold of that, if you don't know how to get connected, you can call us at the office. We'll get you his contact information uh, or email him at travis at libertylakechurch.com and he'll make sure you're connected via Zoom uh, with all the details that you need. You doing good tonight? I'm doing all right. You know, honestly, uh, you know, I'm super excited, but I was like I was just telling you, I feel very unprepared today. So I'm uh, looking forward to God showing up. Yeah. Hey, I, I got a good question for you because yeah. you see me. It's starting to be summertime, you know, pretty soon. What are you going to do about the fireplace? I got to be honest with you. I've actually, <laughs> you guys, we've been thinking about this. And if I can get that, uh, my, my Ford 302 engine block cleaned up enough that uh, that Lisa would let me bring it in here. You might see that sitting here nice. really soon. So I've been thinking about it. It doesn't really put out any I know, heat. No, there's no so, heat, but you know. <laughs> sorry, I just had awesome. to call it out. Hey, thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, we're looking forward to this text. And, and like uh, Ben said, this is a, at times, a very difficult text. And yep. people have mis misquoted this, have misinterpreted it. Um, and so we're going to do our best uh, to wrestle with the text. Uh, but at the same time, we know we're not going to exhaust this. We know that. And so stay, please stay with us. Join us. Get your Bibles out and uh, join our music team as they lead us in a couple of songs this evening. Uh, thanks for being here. Looking forward to being with you in the text this evening. Won't you join us with You Are My Vision?
then won't you join us as well with You Never Let Go. is casting out fear and even when I'm caught in the middle of the storms of this life I won't turn back I know you are near and I will fear no evil for my God is Thank you, guys. Hey, would you bow your heads and pray with me real quick as we get ready to get started tonight? Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for the privilege that it is to be in your word. Thank you for the, the volunteers who are, are taking time to come and, and help to put all this together. Thank you for our body. 
the the church that is faithfully serving you that is caring for loved ones that is uh, that is overwhelmed uh, and filled our our food bank um, who I know are calling one another and who are meeting um, even doing zoom meetings and with life groups to keep connected God what a great and and glorious privilege it is to be part of your church in these trying times and and although they're not as difficult as many many Christians face in their earthly lives Lord we want to be faithful to serve you and we want to be faithful to be the church that you've called us to be today here in Liberty Lake or wherever people are located that are watching online with us tonight, Lord, that we would be faithful to be your church, to be your body and execute, if you will, that maybe that's the wrong word, but to, to serve, to act, to do, to be as you called us to be. Um, as the body of Christ. So help us as we look at the word tonight. Give uh, Ben and I your words, your words alone. Um, I pray that you would you would shut off whatever it is that we bring and that you would speak um, through us, through your word, uh, through the camera, and that your glory would be shown and that your work would be done in the lives of each person, ourselves included, as we apply this text to our own hearts. So we give you the praise and the glory in all you're doing, Lord, in your name. Amen. Well, like I said, Ben and I, we're, we're excited. We're in James, and uh, it's one of those passages that, as both of us were looking at it this week, we're kind of like, <laughs> wow. I, in fact, I, I'm really thrilled that, that Ben said he'd come and <laughs> join me today, because um, this is really, it's a heavy passage. It's, oh, yeah. it's, not, it's not a light thing, and so please understand that we, we really are entering this with some intrepidation, um, some excitement, but also recognizing this is a big deal. Um, and this passage is very, very important. So you better start turning your Bibles to James chapter 2, because we're going to pick up in James chapter 2 where we left off from last week. And we're talking about faith without works is dead. Um, and you and I, one of the first things we identified was, if we're not careful what this this can lead to, if we take this stuff out of context, it can lead to a legalistic view yeah. of the gospel that, that, you know, there are works that are required for salvation. And so we're going to kind of yeah. dig into that. Well, it's challenging. We like you said, this. context is key, right? And and if you if what I was saying to you earlier, you know, if you took everything else away and you just read a little bit of this, and that's all you were looking at, well, you could get mixed up pretty quick. Especially, you know, verse twenty uh, was it twenty four? You know, yeah. like yep. justified by works and not faith alone. So it's pretty challenging, right? But but uh, I'm excited. This will be fun. You know, I um, when you when you asked me to do it on Monday, I was like, yeah, cool. And it just seemed like one thing after another that came up and I just got busy I couldn't really dig in like I normally do but I'm pretty excited this will be fun we've had some good conversations so far so yeah it's gonna it's to gonna it. be good God's yeah. word is faithful and so even if all we did was read it's good the passage th that would be enough yeah. in, in, in fact we'll wait to see that might be better than enough so yeah, right, we'll, right. we'll see how this goes right. um hey would you read that passage for us James sure. chapter 2 and you're gonna read what you're gonna read verses uh 14 through 26 for 14 us. through 26 uh, chapter 2 what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith, but he does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you not want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. And in the same way was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. Okay, so that's enough, right? We're done. Yeah, I think we could probably be just be done. <laughs> um, 
You know, the challenge that we have in this is that our tendency, like we talked about, is to really is to kind of parse this out and, and to try and separate it. Because in our minds, a lot of times for humans, we look at these kind of things and we're, well, okay, well, which one is it? Yeah. One or the other. Yeah. It, it black or white. It has to be, be black something. or white or one or the other. And yet what it appears that, that this James is really doing is saying, you guys, it's it's both. Clearly, the faith is what saves. We, we know that from other passages, and we're going to look at that. But there's, an, there's a response to, there's a result of faith that produces the good works, these, these works that James is talking about. Um, I think First uh, John 3, uh, 16, which is, uh, I want to read that passage for us real quick. It actually reflects the, very much what James is saying right here, um, specifically looking at that illustration of the needs, the physical needs of a brother or sister. Look at what James, uh, or First John chapter 3, verse 16 says. I'm going to give you a second to get there. First John chapter 3, verse 16. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. John specifically references Jesus' act of love, that the evidence of his love was that he laid down his life. And that, that's what we look at as being the evidence of the love. Was the love there? Absolutely. Was his obedience and his faith in God the Father there? Absolutely. But how we know it is the fact that he laid down his life. And John, like James is saying, if you really believe in God, if you really have faith, then your physical, those actions are going to start showing up and be produced yeah. there. And so you have to have works to have faith, right? And then what does James, what is, or what does Paul say? We looked at this because this is where the tension builds. Yeah. What do you mean, Shane? Are you, are you now saying that there's works and like, are, are we making a legalistic practice that, it, that if you have to have these certain works or you're not going to be saved? Let's look at what Paul says, right? In Romans, in Romans, because we've been wrestling with this. Wait, we don't want to create. We don't want to create a gospel that says it's legalistic and right. you have to have this stuff or you're not saved. Because Paul seems to contradict that, and I say seems to, because we know that he's not, but he's pointing out an aspect of faith that we're going to end tonight, I think, with a really good passage that'll kind of wrap it all up. But what does Paul say in Romans chapter 4 about the tension of, of faith and works? It says, what then shall we say, or what was gained by Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. And to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Just as David also spoke, uh, speaks of the blessing of the one to whom God counts righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. What's Which Paul? Is <laughs> yeah, right? Paul, Paul is clearly pointing out that God, the Father, ex, uh, exercised uh, the, the, the forgiveness, the, the accounted the righteousness to Abraham because of his faith. Yeah. Um, and what's interesting, and that's what's so cool about this passage, because it happened before we saw a lifestyle of faith in Abraham, right? Yeah. I mean, it, we'll, we'll jump into Genesis here in just a little yeah. bit. We were worried we were going to be stuck there all night, so <laughs> I want to be careful not to, not yeah. to spend our whole time there. Well, I think, the, I think one, of the, the, one of the sticky areas here is what is it that actually saves, right? And, and this actions and these things of ours, and we've got to be careful that, that we're not thinking of our works as the thing that actually saves. The saving aspect of this, our salvation comes from faith in what Christ did for yep. us, right? Yep. And so that's the one and final and only act that actually creates even the possibility of being saved. Right. And I think that keeping, keeping that in mind as we go through this is going to be critical because it's, it's not that. It's not talking about, about works actually being the path to salvation or that right. they are the salvation. Exactly. It's talking about works as an outcome as of your faith. And, and you know, the, and they're, they're so married together 
right? There, 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 there's this, you know, you have faith and there's a production of works that comes from it. Yep, yep. And that's that evidence, right? Right. That, that's, that's there. And I think this is one that as you go through, you just constantly are kind of going back and forth. Wait a minute, wait a minute. But I think that's really important to keep in mind as we go through, right? Absolutely. And one of the things that's interesting, right? If we changed the word from works to fruit, would y'all be more comfor- comfortable with that? <laughs> We would, wouldn't yeah, we? Yeah. And I actually did that in my sermon notes as we go down because as you start looking at how other uh, Bible or other authors in the Bible spoke about these things, they actually used fruit as the analogy. Jesus speaks of being the vine and fruit. We have a passage, we'll see if we get to it, um, that actually reflects that reality that there's good fruit that comes from a good tree and yeah. b- bad fruit doesn't come from a good tree. Bad fruit comes from a bad tree. There's a result of action there's a result of outcome that comes from those lives but really ultimately probably the first thing we have to look at is this idea of believe yeah because james doesn't let him off the hook in this he references the demons yeah believing yeah it's that that you know what is faith right and what does it mean to believe i mean you know we were talking about this earlier right this this true saving faith it's not just some intellectual assent where you're like oh yeah I, I i believe god i believe that god is there well Every, you know, even the demons believe that. You know, they know God exists. Yep. They've interacted in ways that you know they know He's there, and they shudder, but yet they don't have faith. Right. So there's this this piece here that you know you really have to understand what is it to have saving faith, right? And that's different than just saying, yeah, yeah, God's there, or you know, I believe in God. Right? Yep. Okay. I'll give you well, the demons believe in God too. Yeah. Right. And because they know Him. <laughs> well, it, so let's illustration right of belief. So if I were to if I were to say to you, this uh, jar here will not break if you heave it at Julie in the back of the sanctuary. Can how try, would I know that? that you believed me? How would I know that you believed me if I said that? Uh, don't know. The re- really, the only way is if you threw it. Yeah, if you throw it. Yeah. I mean, you could look at me and say, "Well, well yeah, I believe that." Yeah. yeah, but but unless we actually took this thing and we heaved it in the back. To, oh, Julie's hiding. Yeah. She, <laughs> But unless we actually did that, how would our how would you how would your belief in my statement, my understanding, my my uh, uh, um, knowledge of that particular vase and the physics of trajectory and force and all the things that come into play in that moment, and your accuracy, um, how, how would that be evidenced if you looked at me and said, "Well, yeah, I believe it," but we never threw. You never threw it. You never threw it. It only would come through me trusting that you knew what you were talking about. But <laughs> but the evidence we'd never you, we would never, never be it, able yeah. to see that you actually believed that reality. We do that with my the chair illustration that we do at church sometimes, where I, I tell people that that we're I'm not going to let them fall. I'm going to put the chair right behind them. We blindfold them, spin it around, move the chair a little bit, and then I put them right back in that same spot and ask them to sit down with a blindfold on. And never, ever has anybody actually done it and sat down the same way when they don't have the blindfold as they do when they don't have the blindfold on because no matter how much they want to, when they can't see it, when they, can't, when they don't know that it's there, they aren't able to sit. Yeah. And I think that's what makes Abraham's illustration so profoundly valuable and why James used Abraham in this particular illustration. Um, and and I, th- I think we should go and look at that particular illustration because it's, it's specifically important. And acknowledging we're not going to get through all of this because yeah. we're, we're probably going to... Com- completely ignore Rahab in this illustration, although we do have references for you to look up. So if you want to follow that, you need to write them down. And I do want to, we were talking about this too. We could spend our whole time in Genesis right now talking about Abraham and this whole whole storyline. I really want to encourage everybody Go read that and read that story of him and Isaac and 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 all that and yeah, like dig into it. Start in chapter twelve. Yeah, chapter twelve through fifteen or whatever it is. But really powerful stuff. It really outlines the strength of his faith when you really go through it and and the trust that he had in God the whole time. So. And I think even the process of his faith, because one of the first things that we see about Abraham is if you go back to chapter twelve, you'll see that Abraham receives the first promise of God to be the father of nations and to offer a blessing of nations, that that, that of the volume of stars. Mm. He offers that to him in chapter twelve when he was seventy-five years old. Twenty-five years later, God shows up and gives him the promise of the son in chapter fifteen. 
And and Abraham's, I, I think it was some, it's right in that 25 year area. And Abraham and Sarah are struggling to believe him. And they get Hagar involved, and you got Ishmael, you got all kinds of mess, mess going on <laughs> right. in this process of faith. But it's still look at what uh, look at what Genesis 15 verses four through six says in in this in in uh, relationship to Abraham. Uh, Genesis 15, verse 4, And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, This man shall not be your heir. That's referencing Ishmael. This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and number the stars if you are able to number them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness. So here you have the promise when he was 75. Somewhere around 25 years later, Abraham's starting to question whether or not that yeah. promise is going to come through, right? to make it happen himself. Hey, how, how is this going to work? <laughs> I can't have kids anymore. Yeah. My wife can't have kids anymore. This is, God, this isn't working. Did you forget? <laughs> right? Yeah. All of those things are happening in this spot. And he starts thinking, well, I've got Ishmael. You know, my bride and I, we kind of came up with our own plan. We're going to help right. God out. And he's now asking works. God, right? That always, that always yeah, works. doesn't that always that work? Always works really well, doesn't it? <laughs> when we jump in and try and fix it, let yeah. me explain it to you one more time, Lord. I got a plan. Yeah. And God tell, takes him outside. I love how God does this. He walks him outside and he says, "Hey, do me a favor. Why don't you count all them stars up there and number them if you can? Yeah. Give it a shot. Because what I'm going to do is out of this world for you, but it's going to require you to trust me." beyond what you can see in this human realm. And Abraham, after 25 years of following the Lord, watching God work, making mistakes, believes God, and it's counted for him right. as righteousness. Is that the end of the story? No. It's not, is it? Well, and, and I, I, again, you know, reading this whole story through is, is, is so important because as, you jump, as we jump to was it, uh, 22, chapter 22, yep. the story of Isaac... You know, when you put it all into context, the amount of faith that it would have taken for for Abraham to actually take the steps that he was gonna that he's taking here in in chapter twenty two, was it was immense. But the whole time along, he knows that God's gonna provide. He yep. knows that God's gonna provide. So, and he's actually watching him do it in different areas of his life. Yeah. And it is a story yeah. of faith. Yep. And I think you know, tying back to James here, you know, there is a story of faith, but at the same time, Abraham is taking steps. He is he is acting upon that faith and moving forward. And and there's you know there's works here that that end up you know bearing the fruit that God wants. Right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So you're going to read Genesis uh, twenty two fifteen through nineteen for us and kind of wrap up the illustration yeah. of of Abraham and Isaac. Yeah, this is the kind of the end of the story of the sacrifice or the uh, potential sacrifice of Isaac. Yeah, uh, where God has now provided a ram and you know things are um, going. But you got to remember Isaac or uh, I, Abraham had just gotten to the point where he was about to sacrifice his son. He was at the ultimate step. <laughs> and God said, wait a minute, time out. And this is what he says, you know, he says to him, uh, verse 15, chapter 22 of Genesis. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, by myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore and your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies, and in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. Amen. It, and, and you can't help, uh, you just can't miss the connection to Jesus in this. Oh yeah, you, you, you can't miss the sacrificial, the, the, my only son. I mean, the, the picture that God displayed in Abraham's obedience is, is exercised in Christ's obedience to his father. We just talked about it last Sunday. Yeah. When he's in the Garden of Gethsemane, he's saying, ah, if it's your will, take if this it's away your will, from yeah, me. Yeah, God, <laughs> really? Yeah. And, and yet, here we have this obedience happening, and we have this, this, this physical example. The part that I struggle with, this is the part that, that I, for me, builds the tension is that God says the angel of the Lord says because you have done, done this, this the blessing is now it's 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 going to happen yeah. the, there was there was a there was some kind of um what what's the word it was there was a condition yeah. that way, seemed was... to be connected to his faith 
but it grew and it developed and got executed and, and came through. Yeah, the interesting piece, though, is it didn't say that because you did this, now I'm counting to righteousness. Right. It said because you have done this, I will bless you. Yep. Right. But his the belief. righteousness was what came from Absolutely. his faith. But his actions led to blessing yep. in different ways. Yep. And I think, I think that's, there, there's that tension there. And right. you know, um, it's important, I think, with Abraham to, to, to make sure we, we see that, is the, the, the works, the actions that he was taking, and the reason you know, that he did it. That wasn't the righteousness aspect of right. it, but it was the blessing that came from it. it. Because his faith is what drew him through that yep. process. Yep. Right. Yeah, I mean, and it was his faith that was counted as righteousness. It right. was his faith that, that redeemed him, but as the fruit of that, the, the life journey of faith that he walked with God in built to the point where his actions lined up with what he said he believed. Right, exactly. And we're all oh, blessed Lord, because of it. <laughs> we are. And oh, that that would be, that, that would be the result of our life. Yeah. I mean, that's what, I think that's, you got to remember too, James starts out with, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face various trials, right? James chapter 1 specifically points out this idea that the things that we go through, the difficulties that we go through, or the trials that we go through, the testing of our faith, it's to produce in us maturity and completeness that James then references as being completed in Abraham, in his lifetime. Mm. And it resulted in this incredible act of faith and trust, which actually we see in Hebrews uh, chapter 11. We, we should turn back there because Hebrews in the, in the faith chapter specifically references uh, Abraham's idea, what he was wrestling with at that moment and his uh, incredible depth of trust and, and, and profound faith in God's ability yeah. to fulfill his promise, right? Yeah, yeah so the, re- this is referencing just before what we read, right? So Hebrews right. 11, uh, chapter 11, verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promise, uh, promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was even able to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. So, you know, that action, you know, in, even in, in Genesis, he's, he's talking to Isaac, and, and he, Isaac's like, hey, where's the ram? Where, what, what are we going to do? And he goes, don't worry, God will provide, God will provide. And here he, we're being told that even in that moment of him about to sacrifice, he thought, if I'm going to kill him, God's going to bring him back. Why? Because he had so much faith and trust yep. in God, and his faith was so strong that he, even if he went all the way through with it, he believed that God was going to bring him back. Yeah. Incredible. It's pretty powerful. Incredible. Pretty strong. I mean, pretty strong faith. Well, and, and from Hebrews. <laughs> I'm not sure I could do that. Well, no, I, yeah, well, you're not quite ready to, you're not at the end of your life yet. Yeah, so, that's true. by, I mean, that, that's the, one of the realities that we have to address with Abraham is that he really is, he's an old man. Yeah. This is 30 plus years after the first promise, after God calls him to walk with him. It's 30 plus years into that. Yeah. I actually received a text from a, from a, one of the great gifts of this church, one of our senior saints. Um, texted me on Monday this last week and just shared with me how God is still working in in their lives after many, many years of being in the church, after many, many years of faith, how God's still working through Scripture to say, why don't you trust me more? Why don't you live in obedience more? It was such an encouragement to have a senior saint go, hey, well done, kid. Because, you know, this is really causing me to wrestle and walk with God and, and to do that. It was so encouraging. And I think that's part of the picture that we have in this, is that as Abraham's aging, as he walks with God through his lifetime, his faith is growing and it's building. And and that's probably what my, my interpretation of it is that that's what James is trying to share with the Christians of this time, is that the faith that doesn't result in some kind of fruit, in some kind of of um, works that line up with what we say isn't it can't be alive that, that that's that's what's missing so we can say all kinds of things i mean i could tell you that i can fly i'd love why did to you see laugh that <laughs> i could tell you that i could fly what i was talking about was in my car oh like i can really fly the reality is i could tell you anything but the way that we know it's true is when the action lines up with what we say. Yeah. James seems to be very, very clear. If you say that you love somebody and they are in need and you go, be well, be warm yeah. and be blessed. God bless you. <laughs> you don't know, you don't clearly don't know God. Yeah. You clearly don't have a, a faith because God 
solves those problems. He meets people in those physical areas. Yeah. Oh, well, we need to give him Rahab. We got to give him the, the, the stuff on Rahab. You got to okay. write this stuff down, you guys, because we're not giving you these passages. Uh, they may be on the notes. Um, I'm confirming with Julie. Nope, never mind. Um, I did not get them in there, so I apologize, but I have them written down, and I'm going to give them to you right now. Joshua 2, 8 through 11. That's Joshua 2, 8 through 11. And Rahab, again, is mentioned in Matthew chapter 1, verses 5 through 6. You got to go and check that out. It's an incredible piece of this whole picture. Why would he choose? Uh, this still drives me nuts. He chose Rahab out of uh, all of the other people in the book of faith in yeah. in, in uh, Hebrews chapter 11, we have all of these other pillars of faith in the church, and yet he chooses the harlot, the prostitute, from the city of Jericho as, or, or, uh, yeah, of, of, of Jericho as the Israelites are coming in to take over the land. Well, and you, you had mentioned how afterwards, how she was, you know, or was glorifying God. Yep, she was yep. glorifying the God of Israel and everything too. So it wasn't just one, one action she took. Yeah. The, what, what we read about is, no, she actually trusted in God. Yep. She, she trusted that it was right. She didn't just sit there and go, well, I really feel sorry for you. So I'm going to go ahead and let you f go down this right. other way. She was like, no, I believe enough yep. to put my own life on the line. And I believe in this God. I, yep. and, and, I think again, that's another great example. But it's a combination of faith with the works, which when does. You, when you read the story, it's crazy because she did it for like three days. Three days she hid the spies. Yeah, three days. Do the math. Faith. Three days. <laughs> you guys getting that? Any connection to three days? It, it's incredible how it goes all throughout the Old Testament. It's a beautiful, beautiful picture. And then to top it all off, if you go to Matthew, you're going to see that Rahab is actually King David's great, yeah. great, in the blood great line. grandmother. I think yeah. I think I have enough greats. I'm not sure. I, she was yeah. pretty great, yeah. um, but she's a great grandmother yeah. of King David. That is isn't that incredible? Oh, there's the great, great story right there, of Salmon. The father of Boaz by Rahab. The Bo Boaz, the father of Obed by Ruth, and Obed, the father of Jesse. Okay, three, How many is that? Four, okay, five. Jesse, the father of David. Somebody do the math and, and yeah, text it to us on five Facebook, generations. right? Because we're not going to worry about that right now. <laughs> That's incredible, though. Yeah. And here James Great story is referencing of her. Yeah. yeah, incredible story of redemption yeah. and faith that acted that, that resulted in fruit that resulted in action. Um, so, what are we saying? Good question. We're not saying anything. <laughs> James is saying that faith without works is dead. We as believers need to recognize, need to accept that, that what James is challenging us to do is to look at our own lives and ask the question, is what I say about God, is what I say th uh, the, that I believe in Jesus, does it result in life-changing or life-altering right. uh, life uh, um, fruit? Is there evidence to the fact that I believe that Jesus is my Messiah? Is there evidence to the fact that I believe that he's paid for my sin, and that I'm free? Yeah. Well, that's the, uh, I can't remember who it is. Maybe it was um, Swindoll or Dobson or whoever that talked about, you know, if you were to be taken to court, what kind of evidence would there be, you know, right. to, to prove that you were a believer? And I think our, our works are that evidence. Um, but again, just making sure we're clear, it's not, that's not what saves, but yeah. it is very closely tied together. Right. Yep. And you know, you talk about the fruit of the spirit and those things. When we are saved, we are sealed by the Holy spirit. And the evidence of that sealing is the outward works of the Holy spirit through us. Yep. And, and so these things that we're doing are, you know, aren't the thing that saves, but is the proof of the fact that the spirit is living through us. Absolutely. And I think I, I you know, when you, again, when you take James just at some of these words that we're reading, it can, can be difficult. But when you tie those two together and you see that as a natural progression of that faith that you've produced, Abraham's faith at the beginning was faith, but his works grew and the things that he did grew. And, and that's just, you know, this journey that we're on. Yep. You know, yep. you told me that I wasn't, I wasn't dead yet, right? It's like right. There's, there is a journey that we're on. Our, our, our works grow in those yep. things. And, and, um, you know that that's how I read this too. I, I just think that's really important. Yeah, and it, and it yeah, it's beautiful. And it's incredible. Um, it's challenging. I think see, our tendency is to think that um, you know once we're saved, we're done. We, we we'd like it to be that way, right? I mean, I'd like it to be that. I'd like to confess one time. But isn't that it's kind of lazy though, right? Totally. <laughs> well, and honestly, it makes it I, easy for me. Yeah. Well, and I look at this too, and I think it's important. I mean, last time I was up here, we talked about this too, is like using this as a mirror to ourselves. We know, listen, we're, you know, don't take this and go throw it. Look, you don't have works, therefore you're going to hell or something, right? It's not right. what this is about. 
I use this, I look at this and I go, man, this is a, this is a litmus test for myself. I look yeah. at this and I go, you know, um, I have faith, yes. Okay, well, what is the outpour of that faith in my life? What does it look like? And when I am struggling, where I am at a low point, and I know, and I apply that and I think about it, every time I know I'm not where I need to be with the Lord because, not because I'm just not doing the right things, but the, those works aren't natural. They're not coming, they're not flowing through me. The, the Lord's not working through me sometimes because I'm just being a bonehead, mm-hmm. right? And and so I use these types of things as a as a reflection on myself to to put myself in a right position right and and using those the works and the 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 outflow of the holy spirit in my life as that test for myself right? i was not agreeing that you were a bonehead i was well, agreeing that i needed to use that <laughs> it's okay as a reflection did. on myself <laughs> yeah. it's okay um, if you did i just right? <laughs> yeah i just wanted to clarify that I'll admit it. Like, I'll i'm a bonehead admit it. i'm like yeah um but the re- it's it's incredible well, that's yeah, what this really actually, symbolizes that's what right this here. is yeah. is bonehead right here um so, but yeah, it's, it's so true that this should cause us to reflect and, and to respond to God um, in this way. And, and that's the beauty of all the scripture that we have. I mean, First John, I, I love the fact that in John, in First John especially, you see him talking about how we know we're, we're, we're children. How do we know that we are gods? It's when we respond, when we obey his commands. But in the process that he also says, hey, and when you, when you see sin, when you realize that you're not, confess it. And then God, God fixes that. God, he'll actually address that and deal with it. But the real struggle is what we're talking about is a heart issue. Because until our hearts change, and until what we believe about God is embedded in our hearts and it's transformed, really it's that, that the, this heart of stone being transformed to a heart of flesh. It's God doing the work to change us. Until that happens, we can, we, we can profess a lot of things. <laughs> One of the great illustrations that I remember is um, my boys. If you would ask them to clean their room, oh yeah, then they would say sure. Yeah. How many times did you go down there and be like, that answer did not line up with the outcome? Yeah, yeah. It, it just, I mean that that was one of the great illustrations. When you when you say yes to me, it means that you've you're going to go clean your room. Yeah, that pile of laundry that's there, the garbage on the floor, that's part of cleaning up your room. So. Yeah. Now <laughs> I would like to say. Sorry, Luke. Uh, yeah, sorry. Hey, boys, I'm really sorry, but this is, it's going to be honest time. I would like to say that after 18 years of my bride and I explaining to them what clean means, what our definition of clean is, demonstrating for them the cleanliness of clean and the cleanness of our home, and repeatedly doing that. There's even Facebook pictures of garbage bags hanging on the door referencing clean your room. They're not there yet. I'm just glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> they still have a faith journey in cleaning their rooms. Yes, yes. I think that's a lot of what our lives are like because it, it seems like somehow, and, and maybe this is our own human flesh, we want it to be a one-and-done thing. We want to be able to go, hey, God freed me. I'm done. I'm good. I've acknowledged this as sin. See, God, I'm good. And, and, and we, want to, we want to be able to walk away from it and not deal with it, not have to, not have to acknowledge it. And maybe it's laziness. Um, maybe it's, maybe it's a, just some of our personality flaws. But God doesn't work that way. Well, and that's not what we read, right? That's not no, what God is. You don't see anybody doing we're that. We're not seeing that here. And in fact, even in verse 22, you see that faith was active yeah. along with his work. It's like yep. an, it's an active life. It's an active journey. And, and, and if, if we get to that intellectual ascent, well, you know, whatever, but there's nothing that ever comes from it. Yeah. It's like, wait a minute, you're missing something. If I truly, I mean, I, I challenge myself, I, I've, had, I've talked to people in small groups and other things with this too, but if I really, really, truly believe something, right? If I believe that Jesus is the God of the universe, that he spoke this stuff all into existence and that's how powerful, all those things, if I believe that, how is it that I'm not letting that affect my life? How is it that it doesn't change my life? And I'm always trying to challenge myself because if I truly believe, it will affect my actions. Yep. I, it's, not, it's not easy. It's not perfect. It doesn't happen overnight most of the time. And it is a journey to build that faith. But it should start to change you. And you know, over, your, over your life and that journey, that change is, is massive. Right? Yeah. And you know, I love just you know, whenever you're down and you're not really sure and you're struggling with your faith, I, I tell you, the, one of the best things I ever do is just stop and look back. Look back over your life and see what God has done. See where he's really, truly brought you. Yeah. And, and you know your warts and all your, 
ugliness, right? You know all the stuff. You can't lie to yourself, right? And when you look back and you see the journey that he's put you on, it's pretty powerful to, to do that and look back. And you go, wow, yeah, he has carried me through. He has grown my faith. And those works are there. And they've been growing. And, and it should spur you forward to do more, right? And to be more. And, you know, um, I don't know. I, I just, I think that's, that's how I deal with those things. You know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I think we should. Uh, I think we should jump into our Ephesians passage. Yes, absolutely. Because yeah. I think the Ephesians two passage. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up with that Ephesians two, um, eight, nine, and ten. Because what we wanna we wanna close tonight out with recognizing that salvation comes by faith. That God does the work of salvation, but but He's He has more in store for us than just keeping us out of hell. It, it got, the gospel is more than just fire insurance. The gospel is about taking a broken, dead uh, uh, a creation of God and restoring them into life, into what they were called to be from the very, very beginning. And that's the process of faith being built to the point where it results in good fruit and good works. Um, and we see that in Ephesians. You want to read that? Sure. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. Yeah. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Paul really sums up what what James is trying to tell us right here. Faith is all by God. You didn't do it. You can't brag about it. There's nothing you did to get it. God did it. It's all there. But he created and prepared you in advance to live in a way that reflects the good works of God, the transformation of God in our lives. Yeah, that's that's, to me that when we were reading that earlier, it really did kind of tie things together. Again, kind of back to that one or the other feeling or whatever, it's it's both. Yeah. And I think this really does sum that up. Look, first of all, you know, if, if, if our salvation was based on our works, then we could then turn around and boast and, and we could yep. do that. And you know, look, the reason, one of the main reasons it's not is because you could turn around and boast. So guess what? It's not, a, it's not, your, it's not by no. your works or anything else. It's by what God did. But I have prepared a path for you. I have prepared these good works for you to walk in. And, and when you tie those things together that way, I think it all, to me, it, it, all, it all takes shape. Yeah, right? absolutely. Well, and I, and I, it, it just hit me even in this process, the, the whole dialogue between God and Job, um, when he says, if you can do all of these things, then I will admit you can save yourself. Yeah. I mean, even all the way back in yeah, Job, it, it was, he specifically says you can save yourself. Oh, I just read through that yesterday, or maybe I think it was that's even this 39. morning. Yeah, it was just this big, long list of, well, yep. can you do this? Can you do this? And all this powerful, wonderful things that God can do. And, and he's like, well, if like, you can do that, good luck. <laughs> then I'll acknowledge you can yes, save yourself. Yeah, exactly. But the reality is you can't. Yeah. So now you got to trust me, and the results will be, I will finish what I promised to complete, and you'll be doing what you're designed to do, and that's walking in the good works that I've created, created you to, execute, to, 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 to live in. Yeah. And I tell you, I am... <laughs> Again, self-reflection here, but I am so thankful that it's not by my works. I mean, yeah. if it was up to me, oh, I'm I'm toast, man. And, no doubt. and I'm so thankful because I mess up every day. Every day there's something where I'm kicking myself, stupid, dumb, what am I doing, whatever. And and the fact that I don't have to rely on myself, that's pretty fantastic if you ask me. You know, the one of the challenges for me in this is that I realize that I've got a long ways to go to have the kind of faith that I see in Abraham. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm humbled by that, but I'm also encouraged that God is so faithful and he's so engaged in this process that he took Abraham from being a no-name person, somebody that, that, was, that was doing his life, whatever it was, and he led him through a journey that resulted in the, the, the arrival of the Messiah. I mean, Abraham only had, he had the word of God to say that you're going to result, you're going to be the blessing of the nation. Your, your offspring is going to be that of the, the numbers of the stars. I mean, what a profound thing. And, and he dies with one son. It's a, it's a profound moment. It's an, it's an incredible act of faith. Um, and I look at my own life and, and I, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that we have these examples and that, as we grow in our faith, as we grow in our knowledge and understanding of who God is, like James says in chapter 1, right? If we need wisdom, ask. Yeah. 
And, and we have that ability to go to God, to engage in this, to do what you've said, self-evaluate. God, that I, I'm lacking faith. Do we pray for faith? That's like praying for patience, right? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should. I think that's what he's calling us to. Yeah. Man, it was great to have you on here. Yes, yeah, fun, man. I love I love this. I could be here all night. Went by way quicker than I expected it always to. Always does. And I feel like we left so much on the table. So if you have joined us tonight and you feel like we barely touched this, I I would like to share with you that that was God's plan for you tonight, and now you have to spend the rest of the evening rereading this text until you get it. Go dig in. Go Exactly. (laughs) Dig in. Tear into this. Ask God to open your eyes to what he's doing. Ask God to reveal in your own heart where it is that he wants to uh, uh, strengthen your faith, to deepen your faith in him. And where it might be that there's fruit, there's good, there's things for you to do that will actually uh, uh, reveal the faith that God is building in you um, as you're pursuing Him and uh, and walking with Him in your daily uh, daily life. So, man, thanks for joining us. Hang around for just a few minutes. We got a closing song with our music team, um, and then I've got just a couple of closing so- uh, thoughts that I'd like to leave you with tonight. Won't you join us in our final song with How Great Is Our God?
Thanks again for joining us tonight, and uh, I, I, it was one of my favorite songs. How great is our God who provided His own Son to pay for yours and, and your and my sins, and and in that promise, in that hope, uh, to to not base it on our works, um, but to to promise to complete in us what He designed us to be. I, I love Ephesians two, uh, eight through ten. Um, I want to encourage you tonight that if if you're experiencing uh, uh, the the conviction of of um, the text where it says, man, I don't see the fruit of my life. I don't see results. I, I say that I believe in God, but my life looks like I don't. I want to challenge you to take this evening and, and, and pray like, like the father did in, in the story of Jesus uh, when he was asking for his daughter to be healed. And, and Jesus said, do you believe? And he says, I believe. Help me in my unbelief. There's nothing wrong with asking that question, to plead uh, that, that request with the Lord. And it's entirely possible that if that's the condition you're in, you, you may have talked about church, you may have grown up in church, you may even believe that God exists, but maybe, possibly for, for you, you haven't actually placed your faith in the Lord. You actually haven't surrendered that, that reality, and, and, and we need to do that even tonight. Maybe for some of us, you're like me, and you've lived most of your life in the church, and, and you're, you still see things in your life that don't reflect uh, the character and glory of God. There's still things in your life that, that you recognize are evidence of the battle of the, the flesh against the Spirit. And it's in that moment that we need to go to the throne and do some business tonight and confess those issues of sin, confess the idolatry of the heart that may be holding us back, that may be in the way of God doing the fruit and producing that fruit. And maybe for some of us, it, it's God just taking us on a journey of more and more faith by giving us difficulties, by giving us opportunities, by testing that reality of faith and demonstrating that we have faith and that he's building more. I don't know where all of you are at, but I know anywhere in that spectrum, God is interested and desires to meet you where you are. And wherever you are, wherever that spot is, that when he meets you, when it's amazing to me that he waits for us often to, to cry out, to actually call out to him. But he meets us in those moments and he faithfully moves us from where we are uh, towards where he would want us to be, where he's designed us to be. Like Ephesians uh, 10 says, we're his craftsmanship. So I'm going to bow my head. I'm going to pray with you. And I just want you to take a few moments to do that business with God that you may need to do tonight. This is a serious thing, and it was an incredible pleasure to have Ben up here with me. And I, I love being uh, in, involved in this and having the privilege of sharing our hearts with you and sharing our struggles with you and sharing sometimes the difficulty of actually just handling the text. But the result of that, the, the outcome of that is nothing if we don't do business with God when He calls us to do business. So take this time, take the few minutes after we close and, and, and do business with the Lord. Would you bow with me as I close this in prayer this evening? Father, I thank you that you are gracious and kind and long-suffering, that you extended the 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 solution of salvation in your son Jesus, that you had planned to do this from the beginning of time and you've completed that process in Christ. And that we see that example, we see it illustrated all throughout the Old Testament in the sacrificial system, in, in the lamb being provided, in, in the forgiveness of sins or the covering of sins that is completed in Christ where we find forgiveness of sins. So Lord, for those who tonight are in the spot where, where there is not fruit reflective of uh, your presence. God, I pray that you would convict their hearts and, and that, that if they need to, God, maybe they would pray even this prayer. God, Father, forgive me for the sins that I'm choosing to do. 
And I pray, Lord, that you would open my eyes through your word and through the power of your spirit. What it means to follow you, what it means to trust you, what it means to have faith in you tonight. And that, God, you would do the work that is required to take my heart and to transform it into a heart that follows you, into a heart that has faith in you, into a heart that changes the way that I live. And Father, for those of us who have grown up in the church and who still see the, the darkness uh, and the battle of our flesh and, and the sin that, that shows up from time to time, and um, I honestly get frustrated and discouraged and tired of it. Maybe, maybe this would be a prayer that I would offer. Father, forgive me for the times that I choose to sin, that I choose myself the fleshly desires, the idolatry of my own heart. I pray, Lord, that you would forgive me for those moments and that you would restore, make my heart right, that you would complete in me the work, the craftsmanship that you have started and and that you would give me wisdom to apply the words of Scripture, to apply the truth that is there to my daily life. Father, that I would reflect you more and me less. And Father, for all of us, I would pray that you would deepen and and richen our faith in you, our knowledge of you, our understanding of who you are, so that even now in the midst of this time where the church is not gathering and there's all kinds of questions and concerns about how to do this, how, to, how are we the church if, if we're not in the, in the sanctuary together? How do we love people? How do we love one another? How do we reflect your glory and your purposes here in this time now? when there's fear and anger and all kinds of emotion that is, that is all over the place and it's present all over Facebook and, and in the news media and, and probably even in the streets and stores and, and the people that we interact with on the road. God, would you deepen our faith that we would respond in such a way that reflects your glory and that shines the light of the gospel into a dark world who, that is lost and in desperate need of a Messiah, which is the mission field that you have placed us in. God, in all of this, we ask that you would take the glory and that your name would be exalted and that the name of Jesus would be worshiped and praised by his church daily in this place and in the days ahead. We give you all the glory and the praise, Lord, in your name. We ask these things. Amen. God bless you guys as you pursue the Lord. Please take a moment and do business with God tonight that needs to be done. We'll see you on Sunday. God bless.